stop playing, Rotendo. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, yo! Hi, my name is Rotendo Nyamuda and welcome back! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another exciting, phenomenal, next level episode of In My Twenties! In My Twenties! Now, I know October was all like, um... Is anyone there? There, there, there. Am I alone in the world? World, world, world. Where is in my 20s? 20s, 20s, 20s. And I do apologize because we were not here. The only explanation I can give you guys is what had happened, what was was with the thing that had happened was the very thing that could not allow us to communicate and convey and put out a podcast episode. That's the only excuse I have. That's the only justification reason I have. But we are back and I'm so excited to be back. So let's pick up right off where we left off. Um, Today's episode is all about visual identity. What is your style? What does the way you dress say about you when you leave the house in public? What are people thinking? And today's phenomenal guest is going to shed some light on the concept of visual identity. Without further delay, here she is. Okay, I'm Tracy Shea King. I am a content specialist, I would say. Um, I work for one of the leading uh, magazines in South Africa, and but I work in an online capacity. Um, I've also previously had my own online magazine. Um, I've done radio before. That is pretty much me. Now, in every episode, you guys know that my guests always come through with the dip it low, pick it up slow, mind moment, gem moment of a quote. And this is just one of them. We yeah. created this Instagram That's, and Facebook and, you know, double tap culture. Yes. Mm. Because the minute you meet someone, you're not asking for their business card, you're asking for their handle. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit about Tracy's career journey and how she got to where she is today. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about visual identity and really unpacking what your clothes say about you. And rounding up all three sections is what this podcast is really about. It's conversations about what it's like to be in your 20s and some advice for those who are listening. So let's get straight into it. All right, so Tracy, <laughs> talk us through your talk us through your career journey. Okay, um, some of your varsity experience, what you studied up until now. Okay, so I went to varsity. Actually, I got into Michaelis, which is one of like the best art schools in the continent, mm-hmm. I believe. <laughs> well, at least that's what they told us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it is one of the best art schools. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so once you get there, you're told you've been chosen out of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, I guess 45 or 50 we were at the time. Okay. And that was pretty much like being on Project Runway every day. Oh, wow. It's like super intense. Okay. You're working with some of the best artists in, okay. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just like it was such a great education in terms of receiving critique and really tapping into because at that particular school they don't really teach they Mm -hmm. expect you um, once they've picked you they've chosen you as someone who has a very strong um 
uh, point of view. Mm. Um, So that was really like uh, such a lesson in terms of, you know, looking at yourself as, okay, so I'm expected to kind of produce now. I'm not learning. I am a commodity coming into it. Oh, wow. Which for me was like really such a uncomfortable time and because I didn't look at myself I was super insecure okay and so yeah I dropped out after at the end of the first year okay okay um and then I went on were you insecure out of interest were you insecure about um the creative part and kind of being on this pedestal where you didn't really see yourself in that way or what was your insecurities yeah that's exactly it I think also uh growing up um my parents so I like my sister and I love to say like the generation my parents generation they're Mm. very much um apartheid struggle um like minded Mm. in terms of like that was their main focus so like in terms of like being nurturing and things like that we never really had any of that and I've seen a lot in terms of friends and other people whose parents are the same age Mm -hmm. it's they're basically their main focus was you know let's get out of the struggle kind Mm. of thing and like you know child rearing and all of that is kind of like a secondary yeah so a lot of tough love yeah so Mm. I didn't necessarily get um not so much tough love, but affirmed okay. in, you know, I'd win awards for art and things like that, but not exactly like, you know, affirmed, like, yeah, you're doing so great, oh, wow. or all of that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it was more in terms of like, you know, you're supposed to get good grades, you're supposed to do well, that yes. kind of thing. It's expected. Yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> you know, we don't. Fought, <laughs> we fought so hard for yes. you to even get into school. Yes. We fought so hard to live in this like amazing neighborhood for yeah. you to go to the best schools. Yeah. Like, you need to you need to show up right and i (laughs) think and i think i don't know if it's like parents in general or our generation but i constantly hear the story um or my parents would used to say when we were growing up you have to know that we walked x amount Mm. of kilometers barefoot to school to (laughs) study so you need to pass and not just pass but you need to be like number one (laughs) yeah exactly Mm. and so yeah that's where a lot of my insecurities came from because it's all of a sudden like you're good enough you've made it so now just do what you're supposed to do and i definitely choked under that okay i was just like you know stage fright okay whoa okay what am i supposed to do now (laughs) anyway from then on i transferred Mm -hmm. To do a Bachelor of Arts. So mm-hmm. move from a Bachelor of Fine Arts to Bachelor of Arts. And um, stuck with art history because I love art. Okay. And then um, did media and writing. And then also did film. So actually, while I was at UCT, mm-hmm. I did quite a few internships. Okay. Um, so I wasn't sure whether I wanted to be in the art world or whether I wanted to do media. Okay. So I think in my second year, I started exploring, um, internships Mm -hmm. and I think one of the first internships was with, um, a auction company. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I actually got an opportunity to intern at Marie Claire, South Africa. Nice. And that was such a confidence boost Mm. because, yeah, they constantly were saying, wow, you're like so super great. And like they would let me write a lot of stuff, which I'm assuming the other interns didn't do. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I got quite a bit of my writing published there. Mm. And that was really 
bittersweet. It was affirming, mm. but it was also frustrating. Yeah. Because I think in my mind, most well, and most people that I meet now yeah. say, you know, oh, you're working in the magazine industry. Because I, yeah. I get emails constantly from like younger yes. people saying, yeah, yeah. Um, can I come and shadow? And they've got this kind of glamorous idea of it. <laughs> and so did I. Yeah. Um, and when I was at Marie Claire, I was super shocked because... Um, at the time, I think there was a reality show called Running in Heels. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. Yes, yes. And so in your mind, you're, and I think that was the time of like the September issue. And yes, kind of yes. Anna went to a September so issue and loved it. Like, That's what it is. Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So in your mind, you're thinking, okay, people are snatched, they're turned out, mm, they've got looks for mm, days, you mm. know, they're serving you this looks. This is what I did. Yeah. Every day. Like, you imagine that, yeah. you know that scene in Devil Wears Prada where it's like, I think in like the span of 30 seconds, she changes so many yes. outfits, it's like a transition, and I'm like, that's me, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, obviously, a lover of fashion and style and all of those mm. things, and a lover of things. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, I went in there just like thinking, you know, I'm going to meet like-minded people. Yeah. Um, great people, but okay. only to find out that um, people didn't actually live the mm. lifestyle that they were writing about. Mm. Um, mm. Now, also, I work under a big publication, I'm not going to say the name, okay. <laughs> um, that houses uh, three of uh, three internationally recognized publications. Mm. So we're the African um, com- like p- component or African edition of yeah. those international brands. Um, so Tracy, chat to us a little bit about visual identity. It's something that you brought up in conversations that we've had before, but what exactly is it? Okay. So it's something that I've been interested in and been thinking about over, let's say, the past three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this blog called It's Still Alive, but I haven't really contributed to it in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, called The Style Trunk, mm-hmm. where basically I would provide style advice to millennial women. Nice. And f- branching off from that, I had a segment on a radio station and a segment on TV where I would talk about style and talk people through style. Mm-hmm. And from that, and now working, obviously, back in the publishing industry, mm-hmm. I've just seen that your visual identity plays such a huge role in terms of giving you access or not allowing you access okay. in certain things. There's Instagram mm. and there's all the social media. Okay. I've just found that your visual identity is so important because we're constantly judging on face value wow wow. and how do you model or create an identity that actually tells the story of what you do before Mm. you even say a word wow that's so powerful (laughs) and i i read something that said before people actually pay attention to what you're saying they're looking they're judging you by what you're wearing and that will determine the amount of respect (laughs) <laughs> but but subconsciously yeah. that they give you because based on oh she looks like that she must be this kind of person mm. so there's already a judgment based on when you walk in the room room yeah and most people would think oh that only applies to you know creative fields mm. things like that but think about Mark Zuckerberg mm. think about um, Steve Jobs they both have such a specific mm. and unique visual identity yes if you see a polo neck and you know jeans or chinos mm-hmm. and you're in San Francisco mm-hmm. or the valley mm-hmm. Silicon Valley mm-hmm. you're gonna be like this guy's in tech yes because Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs has yes. created that uniform mm. if you're seeing someone in a hoodie and you 
know, jeans and white sneakers, you're thinking, okay, cool, this person has to be in like some sort of techie yes, thing. Okay. So you're thinking, you know, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, or like, you know, there's a uniform to certain things. Yes. And That's so. That's interesting because <laughs> in, obviously in primary school, primary school, in primary school and high hmm. school, our visual identity was based on the uniform that we mm. wore. And now it's not a uniform, but it's like a certain kind of look. As you've mentioned, corporate. Mm. Corporate is very much it's your suit. It's mm. women in pencil skirts. Yeah. Uh, heels, definitely heels. Mm. Like, what are you doing wearing pumps or flats or even slops mm. with socks in a corporate environment? You don't do that. Managers, you know, they always have makeup. Yeah. No, if there's no makeup, don't come to mm. work. Um, but also visual identities in terms of cities. Mm. So Cape Town is very relaxed, mm. very much where whatever you feel, how do you feel today? Mm. I'm not saying people rock up in their pajamas, but they might as well have based on some <laughs> of the things I've seen. But Joburg is always very refined. Mm. As a woman, your nails are done, your hair is done, you have the latest handbag and, mm. you know, that little, you know, Versace on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Durban and PE, again, very chilled beach, yeah. you know. Um, but that's fascinating for me. But yeah. here's an interesting question then is, should we be conforming to the visual identities of the industries that we're in? Well, if you want to make bank in that industry, I think you do. Mm. So if <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> money's on the line. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even for me, let's say in a modeling context, mm-hmm. like when I was in varsity and I would go to casting, yes. I was out of touch with, you know, what does a model wear to a casting? Uh-huh. So I would wear just whatever I feel like, which is great. What I wore was very, you know, fashionable. But for that industry, mm-hmm. they're looking for a blank canvas when you're in the casting. Okay. They decide what fashion you wear. So if you're going there doing the most mm. in this, you know, fashionable, slayage, mm. you know, mm. whatever... The chances are you're not going to get booked for the job because they're and looking for they're not looking for you they're looking for the character that in their mind they've already placed in this yes job. and it's great for you to be that character in your portfolio mm. and all of that mm. but when you're going to a casting situation they're looking for your skin your mm. hair mm. Um, more of your personality is okay. that going to shine through so okay. it, you'll find a lot of models and going to castings now I get way more respect because it's you know you come there you miss be in a black jeans Mm -hmm. and probably a black top or white Mm t-shirt um the most amount of like you know over coats or whatever that you can wear is like a a, a leather jacket Mm. or maybe a denim jacket and then a good boot yeah yeah okay (laughs) so my thing is to really align yourself with very like the specific thing that Mm. you're doing Mm. but also it's going to open the door for you to show yourself. Okay. Because you don't want people to shut the door yeah. on you before. Yes. You know? So you need to get a seat in the table. So yeah. you need to get a seat at the table first before you can change. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to change in that industry. And I think because it's such an Instagram industry, age mm. let me not even say one industry it's an mm. instagram age you have doctors now on instagram yes. getting their clients yes. through instagram yes. dr smile younger those are doctors <laughs> <laughs> you know? i go to dr smile there was that doctor who did the kiki challenge as well overseas and oh, everyone yeah. and he got so many more appointments just based on doing yeah. the challenge dr orion which mm-hmm. is kim kardashian's doctor mm-hmm. the plastic surgeon okay 
Um, and Dr. Oren's a great example because unlike, let's say, a Dr. Smile, mm-hmm. you see him in his coat or even Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she's in her doctor medical uniform yes. because she's got a more serious tone because that's her, you know, that's her bread and butter. Whereas uh, Dr. Smile, Lex Leo, he's involved in music or mm. younger. They're both involved in music and other aspects. Mm-hmm. But then they're attracting a certain clientele. Okay. So they are in the pocket. Their visual identity is in the pocket of the clientele that they're attracting. Uh, so Dr. Smile, you'll see tons of South African celebrities. Um, celebrities from Nigeria will mm-hmm. go to him to get their teeth done. Mm-hmm. Because all they're the way. like, they'll you come know all the way. I can... Yeah, you've seen WizKid there. Hey. WDO, people like that mm. are in Dr. Smile's chair. Mm-hmm. Because it's... It's all about that connection. This guy gets it. You know, he's got this hip-hop, you know, identity. Swag. He's got the cap turned to the side, mm. you know. The, I, I can I can relate. Mm. <laughs> and I like so that. he's actually started producing girls, which are those goals. Uh-huh. Yeah. So really, it, 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 it is about, you know, telling a story yeah. and not, you know, making sure that um, people give you room to kind of show who you are Mm -hmm. okay okay i like that so what are the steps that people can follow to get the correct visual identity for the industry that they're in whether you are in corporate whether you're in media whether you're in a medical field a science field a engineering field whatever your field is how do you get that correctly um for me the key to mastering anything is Mm self-awareness which for some may take longer than others but once you're aware of yourself or at, or even aware of you you know the outcome mm-hmm. that you want and this doesn't have to be you know like a 5 year outcome it could literally be okay in the next 6 months yeah. i'm going to be here mm-hmm. and it's that old adage of you know in the past they used to say power dressing or mm. they used to say dress for the job that you know you want yes not the job yes. that you have <laughs> Unfortunately, we as millennials and yes. Gen Zs yes. are the problem. We've yeah. created this Instagram that's, and Facebook and you know double tap culture. Yes. And that's why it's more um that's why it's more a visual identity is more important now mm-hmm. than it ever was mm. because the minute you meet someone, you're not asking for their business card, you're asking for their handle. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Yes. So we're kind of, and we're doing that in life. We're double tapping in life. Oh wow! <laughs> that is that is that is a mind moment. I have these mind moments, in the show, but it's so true. You walk down the street and you won't even know someone, and in your mind you've judged them. Mm. Or you're sitting in a in a social setting and you're double tapping, or you're swiping right, swiping mm. left in your mind, going based on what you look like. Mm. I haven't spoken to you. Yeah. I know nothing about you, but based on what you look like, I will either want to approach you mm. or want you to approach me or not today mm. or not not ever never ever yeah. yeah i love that double tap culture <laughs> that is a whole hashtag in itself. that's a whole segment in itself yeah mm. but also i think there's a, then an importance of reading because step one mm. is the visual identity mm. step one is getting in the room mm. step two what do you say yeah what is in your mind because when you start yeah. speaking and rubbish is coming out mm. people switch off exactly but I think I love that because <laughs> a lot of people in this Instagram age mm. have 
clocked into double tap culture mm-hmm. and used it as leverage to get themselves in the room mm. and get themselves at places. And it's only once you and they've they've gotten millions of followers because we're so in tune to visuals. Yes. And you get into the room with them, you ask them to do something, you ask them to do an Instagram takeover, you ask them to write a piece, mm-hmm. and there's just zero skills. Nothing. There's Nothing. N- or, you're, or you've already paid them half, yeah. and you're just like, but I thought you were based on the visual. That's where people get lost. It's a mm. trap. Yeah. Visual identity is powerful <laughs> if you are the person who is commanding the visual identity. Yeah. But if you're the person who, makes, who needs to make the decision based on someone's visual identity alone, mm-hmm. it's a trap. Yeah. But also you can get very, very far mm. just based on your visual exactly. identity. Dating. <laughs> dating. The dating industry now. It's all double tap yeah. visual identity. Yeah. She looks good. He looks good. Mm. And then what happens when you get to the dinner table? What happens when you're in the boardroom? Mm. What happens when now you need to go and give a speech based on what your Instagram is saying about you? But now if you've already... Um, so in a lot of cases that I see a mm-hmm. lot every day, <laughs> you know, you've already gotten the job. You've already been paid mm. based on your visual identity. They mm. can't fire you. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Two months? Yeah. No, but there it has to be so many strikes against your name before yeah, they can fire you. They, they can't fire you. Yeah. You've already secured the bag. Oof. So what I'm saying to people that do have the talent, that mm-hmm. do have the skills, mm-hmm. literally focus on, like really put effort into that because you've got, you've got the skills skills you've got the mind you've got the you know you can talk your way through a room and all of that mm. but really actually pay that attention because the number of people and you see it all of our social media stars mm. they've built businesses off their visual identity so. i promise you when you meet these people mm-hmm. <laughs> there's literally <laughs> nothing going on mm. in their brains and it takes them really far yes in some cases or it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time limit on it but really it's a good time limit mm. because you know let's say you've just booked a deal yeah I've already booked you you've signed the contract yes you've got the money you're one up I think that's you're good I think the visual identity <laughs> I think the visual identity thing as well comes down to you're always looking for that thing that makes you different mm. if you are in competing for mm. a position or a job um, with someone else mm. you your your everything is the same. Mm. Your grades were the same. Your schooling was the same. Your um, I don't know. Everything about you is the same. You guys probably sound the same. You listen to the same music. There is nothing that separates the two of you. You're identical in every single way possible when it comes to your your career. The difference between them getting the job or you getting the job could be your visual mm. identity. And I do think it's important. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Mm. And I'm finding that a lot of the time it is mm. because, um, yeah, because our CVs are no longer on paper. Mm. They're online and online they are photos. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and there are photos that you did not ask to be tagged on. <laughs> wow. <Well. laughs> And so even to, yeah, your employer, Mm. you know, even if they've never seen you, they're going to see you Mm. (laughs) on Mm. the internet. And they may or may not double tap. They may or not double tap, yeah. (laughs) So the entire, I guess, the reason the podcast was started Mm -hmm. was because of wanting to chat to people through their 20s and 30s, mainly through their 20s and what their experiences has been. Mm -hmm. So reflecting on your 20s, how has your 20s been as an overview into your life 
as a 20-something-year-old. Awesome. So now I'm in my late 20s, about to enter 30s, I think next year, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And wow, it has been literally high, extreme highs and extreme lows. Mm, Okay. (laughs) A lot of things went down in once I hit, you know, 25, 26 Mm. in terms of... um, family things my parents got divorced Mm -hmm. um i started looking at my parents as people Mm. (laughs) which happens yes um (laughs) they are human yeah (laughs) and then realizing oh my gosh you guys have made terrible choices you made terrible life choices oh wow okay (laughs) actually Mm. and then finding myself for a section of my 20s um just like really in a slump really Mm. like at one stage like unemployed and that was such a journey um where i was literally like super depressed Mm. how long were you unemployed for I was like a year and a half during mm-hmm. that time I was doing some entrepreneurial things, but like that was a real blow, mm-hmm. obviously coming from like one of the best schools mm-hmm. and then you've got your own business and then you've moved to LA and mm-hmm. then you've come home okay. and you're just like, whoa, sure. crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the big lesson that I've learned in my 20s is that there are no shortcuts mm-hmm. and also it's never too late life is long especially for this generation Mm. and i think a lot of the problems that we're facing is because life is long Mm. i think we've got more access or the pre like as a society Mm -hmm. people are taking better care of themselves so like in the corporate world a lot of people that i've spoken to will say you know what I, I'm like supposed to be promoted. My parents yes. got promoted at this age, yeah. but because people are living longer, mm. that, you know, our parents are still working. They're still holding down those mm. jobs. And yeah. so you, as a young one coming up, you can't kind of take up those jobs at the age that they necessarily sure. took up those jobs. Cause they're still there. They're still very <laughs> much there. <laughs> and, and for a lot of them, that's all they've known. And I think the other thing about, so longer in two aspects is mm. I, I think life is long as in the sense that because we are a social media generation mm. and instant instant gratification, mm. we do want things now. Mm. If I post a picture <laughs> today, I want my tens of thousands yeah. of likes tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to build to it, mm-hmm. forgetting that as long as life is, is there's that time, you have to build your career. You don't mm. start off as an intern and in three years you're the CEO of that company. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. But yeah. as you're saying, long in the sense that the older generations are still in those positions, also knowing that for most of them, they've only had one kind of job or they've mm. only been in one kind of industry. We are a generation that has chopped and changed. Mm. We studied one thing. We had a side job. We went into our side job. Then we studied something else. Then we did our honors and our masters and our MBAs. And now we've gone from being a media student to a medical doctor. Mm. And <laughs> it happens. It happens. So, yeah, that's very interesting. So a lot of my 20s has been a huge spiritual journey. Um, in terms of I've definitely matured in my faith and just it has brought a lot of self-awareness to me Mm. um, which I'm so grateful for Mm. because a lot of the time people get to certain places let's say in their career or their personal brands and then they actually have missed out on you know uh, who they are Mm. 
and um, really understanding where they start and where they begin. Mm. And so I'm super grateful for that, you know, downtime in mm. a sense. <laughs> yes. And going from extreme high mm. to extreme low yeah. and realizing what the core of my essence is. Mm. That even if I'm like super rich or like super poor, mm. there's certain parts of me that I've now seen mm-hmm. that stays the same. That's yeah. like, you know, the core of me. So it's been really for me my 20s have been just like a remarkable Mm. time Mm. and I'm so ready to go into my 30s and flourish knowing exactly who I am Mm. knowing what I stand for knowing what's gonna rock the boat or not rock the boat Mm. um which I think a lot of people miss out on yes and then Tracy Advice. You have given me so much advice in our years of being <laughs> friends and knowing you. There's so many conversations that we've had where I, uh, and this is the whole thing of the podcast, is I feel like I get some of my greatest wisdom and mind moments from my friends. And this is just amplifying it to let, you know, three or four other people hear some. Um, what advice do you have people who are currently in their 20s? Um, they're going through an aspect of their life where they're just questioning things. They're questioning life, love, what step to take, how to proceed in life. Um, Based on your life experiences, what advice would you give to your average 20 something year old person? Okay. I my like the thing that comes to mind is slow down. It's going to be okay. I think we, we get into the habit of, you know, let's move, 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 fast pace, but actually slow down and be quiet. You need, you cannot navigate or go through something important or succeed without actually going within without actually assessing from stillness mm-hmm. and fight for that stillness. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, literally switching off your phone for mm-hmm. an hour a day or switching off your phone for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's switching off your phone or deciding to separate from a friendship, fight for that stillness and mm-hmm. peace of mind mm-hmm. and peace Sure. Because that you're not gonna rise from chaos. Mm. You're just not. Yeah. So fight for peace. That that is what inner peace. That's where I would say is kind of the best starting point. Take take what little pockets or create a pocket of peace. Make time for yourself or take back. You know your peace. It's as simple as you know what. I'm gonna wake up at five when the house is quiet and I am going to journal or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to visualize. Um, and those little things, those are gonna. That's gonna put you on the path of success mm. because you come into this world alone, and you need to you need to master yourself because you're your greatest tool, mm. really. So you come into you know this world alone, and um, once you so you are your greatest investment you are your greatest tool your greatest resource if you're not taking care of that and tapping into that then um your success is there's a cap on your success or your growth Mm -hmm. wow you are your greatest resource you are your greatest tool you need to learn how to master yourself 
I am all the wowed out. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on to today's episode and shedding some light, not only on your life journey and on your thoughts and opinions on the quarter life crisis and being in your 20s, but also coming back to today's topic, which is all about visual identity. I think a lot of the time we step out of the house and we don't fully understand how much what we're wearing says about us without us even saying anything thing i.e. you're going into an interview and the first thing people look at is they look at what you look like you know your portfolio and stuff is a backing um for your work but what do you look like on the weekend when you're chilling with your friends when you're on Baywatch, when you're wine tasting with your people what does your visual identity say about you at the end of the day sometimes just looking good and looking fresh um does something for you now i'm not saying i always look fresh because there are times that i step into the mall and i'm like today no one will see me I'm just going to get bread. I'm just going to get milk. I'm just going to get, you know, a packet of sweets on cheat day. I'm lying, it's usually a bottle of wine. But I'm like, no one's going to see me today. And it's that day, that day, that everyone decides to see me. Hey, Retainer, hey, Retainer, hey, Retainer. I'm like, who's that? That not me. It's not me. It's not me. And then I get into the car and I'm like, oh, okay. Not going to happen again. Uh, but anyway, that is so important. That visual identity is so important. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much for being present on the internets of the world uh, to tune into the podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. And you can listen to your favorite podcast in my 20s on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and on iTunes. So go out and live your best lives and just be great. So we'll catch you same time, same place, right here on your favorite podcast in my 20s. In my 20s, in my 20s. How old are you? I am how old are you? I'm in my 20s. Now shimmer your shoulders back and forth. I'm in my 20s. Back and forth. I'm in my 20s. Back and forth. And one and two and three and four and five. Okay. Bye.